Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Thank you for joining me. Welcome back, and happy Friday. I've been taking this methylated blue or methylene blue, I don't know, one of those two, Uh, and I've noticed a pretty good uh, improvement in my moods and anxiety, Uh, but boy, I tell you what, man, if you spill that stuff, which I've spilled it twice now, just did it again this morning at 5.30 in the morning, my whole kitchen smells like a bleach bomb went off. That stuff stains like you wouldn't bless. So I spilled, I, the cap doesn't screw on all the way. So when I pick it up, it gets, you know, two, three inches off the counter and then the vial falls and I'm holding the damn dropper in my hand. Blue stuff, this dark, dark blue liquid. It's, it's literally like a dye. So I did that about a week and a half ago and it's still stained on my hands. And I just did it again this morning. So, I'm like so mad. <laughs> this just blue spray. Just, but we got these wood cabinets, you know, these light wood cabinets, pine, I think. And they're it's just soaked into the pine cabinets. I mean, I bleached a good amount of it off. Um, but uh, I'm just not a happy camper about that occurrence. So, <laughs> that was it. That was how my morning started. Literally scrubbing blue dye. Blue dye all over the tiles, on the wall, on the side of the fridge, all over the freaking cabinets, trash can. Oh, my hands are dyed blue. One of the towels. It's just, I look like a, I look like I beat the shit out of a Smurf. You know what I mean? I got blue, I got blue all over my hands. Anyways. I guess things could be worse, couldn't they? Things could be worse. It could have been acid. Could have been acid. So let's be thankful it wasn't that. <laughs> we uh, so I was thinking about relationships last night. So we go out to dinner. Uh, yesterday was our four-year wedding anniversary. My wife Geneva and I. Uh, we've been together nine years. I want to say total. <laughs> four years we've been married and um, you know we were sitting there at dinner last night and you know we don't get to get out often just the two of us anymore we did for her birthday so two times in the last year I think um, it's been just the two of us you know normally we, we go out to dinner a lot we spend a lot of time I mean I'm always home I work from home so it's not like I I hit my nine to five and I barely see my wife and kids you know what I mean But um, I realized that we need to spend more time together, deliberately, just the two of us. You know, we sat down to dinner, and I told her this, so I'm I'm sure she wouldn't mind me sharing this on the podcast, but we sit down at dinner, and waitress comes up, sparkling or still, you always get sparkling if you're a real man, and uh, (laughs) get that Pellegrino, baby, it's got real minerals in it, but... um, you know, the waitress walks away and we're sitting there, we're looking at the menus and it's like quiet. And I'm looking at my wife, I'm like, what do I say? <laughs> what, what do I say? I'm like, dude, I'm trying to remember back before we had a kid. Did we usually kind of sit a little quiet, just let the conversation happen naturally? I, I, I feel like I'm on a date. Should I, should I be in date mode right now? You know what I mean? Well, what's been on your mind recently, huh? You know what I mean? 
<laughs> so we're sitting there and we had a great time you know we, we had a great time we we you know we really um we've been through a lot together my wife and i a lot and uh man this guy's in a hurry isn't he how would you like to see my glock <laughs> cool high beams let me introduce you to my go-go gadget glock um <laughs> The, but so we've been through a lot together, man. And I think last night we're driving home, and we had a couple nice songs playing. A song that we used to listen to, uh, "Hollow Scene" by Bonnie Vare, um, which is just such a beautiful song. We used to drive around when we lived in Erie and listen to that, and look at the trees in the fall. And uh, you know, she will. She won't. <laughs> she's probably pissed I say this, but she got very emotional, and. Uh, it's just, you, we've been through so much, man. You know what I mean? Over the past nine years, so many ups and downs, and it was really looking, if we didn't pull the trigger and get married, and she said this herself yesterday, if we didn't, if, if we didn't pull the trigger and get married in 2020, I don't know that we would still be together. And that's, I know that might sound awful, but you need to understand the context that we weren't... We weren't, um, especially me, I was being the antithesis of everything that I talk about on this podcast. The reason why I'm so harsh on you guys sometimes, especially young men, the reason why I'm so adamant and blunt in my beliefs is that I've been on the opposite side of everything I'm talking about. I know what works, what doesn't work. I know what's good for a man and what's not good for a man. And back in the pandemic, you know, I was just not in before from 2018, 2019, 2020, you know, I made a lot of money in the life insurance industry and it kind of, it turned me into an animal. It really did. And money will magnify your characteristics, whether they're good or bad. Money's not evil. Money just makes evil people more evil. But it also makes good people more good. They're able to help more people, right? Not saying that money makes you good. But if you have a good heart and you have money, you're more likely to do good things with it. I didn't have a good heart. I'd walked away from God in college completely. I was nearly an atheist coming from a very very strong evangelical. I, I guess probably, uh, I can't remember what we were doesn't matter now. I've, I've kind of morphed from Protestantism to Orthodoxy, but I walked away from God. I found the life insurance business after pretty much getting kicked out of college for being a jackass. Um, and I, I went, I went from getting kicked out of college and not suffering any real consequences other than being kicked out of school, which was devastating to me at the time. You have to understand, I was a National Scholar athlete. I was in the top five in my graduating class. I was the only kid in New York State to ace the chemistry regions for many, many years. I was a great athlete. I was a great student. I was I was just a shining star in high school. And I went to college, and I walked away from God. I lost my sense of purpose. I didn't know why I was there, and I got very, very depressed. And that depression led to a lot of different things. Uh, and then I would have bouts of mania, which led to a lot of other different things. I was in fights constantly. I was drinking constantly. Uh, I just, I, I was skipping class. I just, in, in college, as a joke. Don't get me wrong. If I could go back and do it again, I would have never have went. Um... But I, I transitioned from college to 
and getting kicked out and being devastated. I can remember just like, what what am I going to do? Because back then, we you still believe like college, like if you didn't have a degree, you couldn't get a job, right? And I'm looking at like, oh my goodness, I just got kicked out of school. My life is over. That's how I was thinking at the time. But I'm very, even back then, I'm very, I bounced back very quick. Two days later, I've got ads or my resume out on the internet and I got hired by the life insurance company that I used to work for and I just never stopped. I never stopped to think and analyze my behavior, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions and all of a sudden here I am at 20 years old, 21 years old and I'm making 200,000, 300,000, 400,000, 500,000 my biggest year ever. I think I made $850,000 and uh, turned me into a piece of shit. Because I didn't have God. You know what I mean? I had no spiritual foundation. I had no morals. I have no... No integrity, I had no ethics. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that I was all thrown through this de- demonic, evil person by any means whatsoever. And I've been accused of being far worse than what I actually was. We partied a lot. It's essentially what it is. We partied a lot. Um, you know, there's a lot of drugs. There's a lot of alcohol. There was just a lot of, I was doing things. I wasn't being, I just was not being a good man. So it came to a real culmination in 2020, man. Uh, and it was right after we got married. Pandemic hit. I was already very much teetering on the edge of insanity. <laughs> the pandemic hit and boom, that pushed me over the edge. And I kind of talked about the felonies the other day and all this other stuff that I've been through. So um, the reason why I'm saying all of this is if we had not got just tied the knot there in February... 2020, I don't know that we would still, I would have torpedoed the relationship, and if that marriage wasn't there to hold it together, would have been totally toast. You know what I mean? Here I am, I'm getting felonies, I'm getting locked up in the loony bin for 72 hours, and my wife, through all of it, stayed with me. And, um, that's special. You know what I mean? That's special. And there, things have happened on both sides of the aisle that have really tested our relationship yet here we are. And um, I guess that that was a lot of storytelling for my point today. My point was when we were sitting there at dinner last night, you know, we're kind of, I was kind of like looking at her, like I said, am I supposed to be in date mode? You know what I mean? Like what quite, it felt like kind of awkward for, awkward's a bad word. It's got a really bad connotation, but there was like a, there was like a pregnant silence. You know what I mean? And, um, I started to think to myself, I could see why a lot of people go into child rearing and come out the other side 18, 20, 25 years later and don't know each other. You hear this a lot. There's people, they'll have kids together and even just before they get out of the house, even three, four, five years into having children, mom and dad look at each other, they don't know each other anymore. And this is why I think so many, so many marriages, even ones that aren't ugly divorces, like, you have your ugly divorces, and then you have the, we just kind of grew apart divorces. There's a lot of those now, and I find them both entirely inexcusable, by the way. There's no excuse to get divorced. None. My wife and I could could go through what we've been through. You don't have an excuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, you know, I, I could see why these people come out, and we're nowhere near that. You know, we're together every day. We laugh. We have a great time. I'm not saying we're anywhere near a point where we don't know each other at all. Not even close. But I can see that if we were to not make... Because I told her last night, I said, we are going to start doing this more often. Right? This will become a regular thing. It's just, 
been tough because she's been pregnant for two straight years. You know what I mean? Ada came out. Two months later, my wife's already pregnant again. You know what I mean? It's been a whirlwind. But I told her last night, I said, we're going to be more deliberate about doing these dates with one another and putting the phones away and sitting down and looking at each other and talking. I think that's important. Even though we're home together all day long, you know, we got the kid, we got the dogs, I got the chickens and the ducks. That's a lot of work. People don't understand. I was still, I was messing around with the chickens yesterday trying to get ready before dinner. I'm like, people don't understand how much work it is. And dude, I've got nine chickens and two ducks. I can't imagine goats and horses and like, dude, it's no joke. No joke. And then we've got Ada, we've got the dog, and we've got, you know, it's just a lot going on. I've got my businesses, and I'm constantly on the phone, and I'm getting calls all day long. And then I've got my social media following, and I'm getting hundreds and hundreds of DMs every single day. It's just constant, right? we got to take time and set it aside. So my, my point for today is, and for all of you, especially when you start having kids, you need to schedule dates one-on-one I don't care what it costs you for babysitters for don't you don't have to go you don't have to guys you don't have to do anything crazy I think a couple times a year you should take her somewhere super nice but dude we joked last night we just order a pizza and sit on the side of the road somewhere you know what I mean like just go to a park order a pizza go to a park sit in the car and just talk it doesn't yeah hire a babysitter for one hour one hour you don't have to go to New York City and buy 16 bouquets of roses and, and, and charter a helicopter to take you to the top of the Empire State Building where you get to see King Kong. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't just get a pizza and go sit at the park. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> go see a movie, something. You know what I mean? Where you're spending that type of time together. It's critically important. I could see that last night. I could see it last night. It wasn't like we were missing a gear or anything like that. It was just, it took us a little while to warm up, which is before we just never would have thought about it. You know what I mean? It's just, before you have kids, these are just things you guys don't think about before you have kids. And a lot of times, even when people do have kids, they still don't think about it. They're totally unaware. Totally unaware, because you get so lost in it. You get so lost in the sauce, which is very easy to do when you have a tiny human being that's relying on you for their very survival every second of the day. There is no rest other than when they're sleeping, which is why I admire my wife. Like, if you do not have kids, and I get it now, people always talking about how hard it was. Now, I'm not complaining at all whatsoever. I have not allowed having a child, despite what everybody told me, to, to, I'm in better shape now, I've got more money now, my credit's better, like every part of my life has improved since we had my child, which everybody told me, oh, it's going to be real, you're not going to be able to go to the gym, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> they said, now they're like, oh, wait till you have two, we'll figure it out. But I don't know, the point is, is you need to make sure you're spending that time together, make sure that you have it scheduled in. And young men that aren't married yet, you need to file this away for later use you know don't just listen to me talk about things that don't apply to you yet and tune me out and go to a different episode where I talk about you know guns or boners or something like that like you've got you've got to tune in you got to tune into this stuff here too it's very important that you file this away for later so that you don't make the mistakes 
Because every man that listens to me should aspire to be a husband and a father. If you do not aspire to be a husband and a father, we're not necess- we're probably not compatible in our belief systems. I'm not the podcast for you. Okay. Um, and w- women, I'm obviously not talking to you, but it, most women listening to me should be aspiring mothers and wives. You know what I mean? That's just that's a very central narrative to what I talk about. But um, yeah, that's the point, man. Is that you, you've got to make sure you've got the time scheduled in got to. It's not an option. If you want your, oh no, we're, we're good. We know each other well enough. We're, you know, we, nah, wait, just wait. Go ahead and wait. Give it another two years and see what happens. Two years, you guys are going to sit down to dinner and you're going to look at that woman. You're going to be like, who the hell is this? Who are you? This is how people grow apart. This is why divorce is so rampant. Like I said, not even the ugly ones. Just, oh, we grew apart. No, we just kind of grew apart. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. Laziness, disorganization, excuses. That's how it happens. For you got to start using the shit that other people use as an excuse, as a reason. Well, we can't spend time together because of the kids. Now, boom. You ready for this? Ready for this? Okay, first, this is what most people say. We can't spend time together because of the kids. Ready for this? Okay. We spend time together because of the kids. Boom! Simple. If you gave a shit about your kids, if you really cared, the first thing you would make sure is airtight is your marriage. Marriage comes first. That's both a biblical principle and a principle. It's not the kids. The kids do not come first. In the hierarchy, when I was growing up, and this is how it should be, it's God, dad, mom, kids. That's how it works. In our house, it's me, it's God, me, wife, children. So I have to make sure the most important relationship in the house is my relationship with God. You guys ready for this? The most important relationship in the house is my relationship with God. The second most important relationship is the relationship between me and my wife. And the third most important is between me and my daughter. There is a hierarchy. Does that mean I love my daughter less? No. I love my daughter Ada more. I didn't think that my cold... Black Heart could love anything as much as I love Ada, Jane Russin. She means the world to me, and I would kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey for her. But my wife comes, God comes first, my wife comes second, then my daughter. And that dynamic is what leads to healthy strong, impenetrable fortresses of households, homes, and families. Because if my relationship with God is the way that it is supposed to be, then I'm going to treat my wife very well. And if I treat my wife very well and our relationship is very, very strong, we are both able to be the best parents that we can possibly be for our daughter. I'm giving you such 
fuego right now that I should be charging everybody listening to me $100 for every 30 seconds of this. Because this advice will change if you've got, you come from a broken family, a broken bloodline, a broken home. If you come from a generation of just effed up families, if you could, they could stop with you. And that's how you stop it. If you are a man, you are first, your first priority is God. Second is your wife. Third is your children. Again, that doesn't mean that you love anybody more or less. It's not a hierarchy of love. It's a prioritization of relationships so that each subsequent relationship could be the best that it can be. If I'm not right with God, I'm not right with my wife. And if I'm not right with my wife, then I'm certainly not going to be right with my children. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a trickle-down effect. Critical. Share this episode with a couple of your friends. You're going to change people's lives. All right. I love you guys. Let's get it. Have a great day. Peace.